Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome to episode 103 of the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by Brian Joyner and Matt Collins to talk Red Sox. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's been uh, about a couple weeks, and uh, a few things have happened since then. So how, how are you guys doing? Very good. Very relaxed. I love the sound of you. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And um, unlike last year, where we waited for J.D. Martinez the whole winter, it's not even winter yet. And they signed Uvalde, which is more of the pace of this year so not only do they win it all they sort of are wrapping up uh some nice gifts way before christmas like everybody else um and we don't have to sit around and uh fret about whether they're actually going to arrive yeah so you mentioned eovaldi uh we're all excited about that we all wanted them to come back to the team uh, we talked about it last time we were on the podcast, and we kind of thought that he would get somewhere around four years, 50 to 60-ish. Uh, he ended up getting a four-year deal with uh, worth $67.5 million. Uh, I think it's a great deal for the Red Sox. What do you guys think about the signing? It's uh, – I mean, I'm pumped about it, and I don't – it's definitely not a bad deal. There are – obviously downsides or potential downsides, but that's, that's going to be true of any free agent uh, deal at this point in baseball. So um, there's other than the health issues, there's no real reason to be worried 
about it. Um, and you look beyond this year. I mean, we've talked about this before, but Porcello and Sale come off the books. And they kind of just needed another starter that was going to be around for more than one year. So um, he helps them, obviously, this year, but also for the next few years. And worst case, if something does happen, he can't start anymore. We saw what he can do out of the bullpen if they need to push him into that role. I don't think anybody's really going to complain about that either. Yeah, I I think that the more interesting thing than whether it's good or not that they got Eovaldi, because I think it's unquestionably good on almost every level. I saw a tweet, and I can't remember who said it, but it, it was prominent in baseball circles that at least uh, I think I'm actually putting my spin on it here, but like at least it worked out that a guy who sacrificed his body for a team ended up getting the contract from that yeah. team. Because if, if Uvalde was five years older and did the exact same thing, probably wouldn't have gotten I'm not saying like there's no telling that he would have gotten Yeah, I think that's... But I thought the, so I, th- so I thought that part w- that part of it was good, and it's also he's what they need. That's good. But I thought the most interesting question um, was when Chad Finn asked whether um, you'd rather have Eovaldi or Porcello long term, because I was sort of thinking along those lines when the Eovaldi stuff was happening, and um, Chad, who was wise said he would uh if he had to pick one even though it was slightly even though it was close he'd go Porcello. I would choose I would um and I was wondering what you guys think and I'm guessing that you don't agree given what you just said. I don't know. It's kind of I mean it's about safety versus risk. I mean Porcello doesn't have of all these upside I Definitely think Valdi can be a lot better, and he's shown he has more upside. I know Porcello had uh, one season, but no. Um, but hold on, you said he had that one season, but then during the year this year, you're also talking about how good he is. It wasn't he is good, but he's season. like at the end of the year, pretty much every year of his career, he's roughly an average pitcher who throws a lot of innings. So that's definitely not a bad thing. But Avaldi. But from has. the health as a skill standpoint. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why it's so close. I don't I, I might go Porcello. I really don't know. I'd probably have to think about it a little more. My first instinct was Evaldi, but the more I think about it, I might go Porcello. Yeah. I would go Evaldi if they were like if they were the same age. When they were the same age. If you're They're projecting the age, forward. They? They're oh, like they are. a few months apart. Oh, uh, okay. I feel like Evaldi has been hurt so much that his he effectively is the same age. Yeah, um, he's, he's actually, I think he's, yeah, he's a little bit younger. Right, exactly. So I like Porcello seems like an older pitcher. But um, if Porcello hadn't banked it, I wouldn't believe what he could have banked. I think Evaldi potentially could bank more than that, but it's just for anybody outside, like Chris Sale, that's just not like. Um, what Porcello did in the one good year, uh, I think, is probably enough with being an innings eater in other seasons. Um, and I think 
maybe going forward as well, I'm not just going in the past, but obviously going forward is a much harder question that, um, than the totality of it, given that Porcello did win the side. Yeah, I love Evaldi, but I would go Porcello there, and I don't have to think too, too much about it. I just think the durability of Porcello and what he can give you on a start-to-start basis, and for every bad start that you get from Porcello, you're going to get more good ones, um, and when he's really good, he is exceptional. Are you, though? I think so. I mean, his ERA is the last, three of the last four years, 428, 465, and 492. I mean, he's he's like it's. I feel like he's got a good start for every bad start. At least it's pretty close. Being on the Red Sox helps because the bad starts he gets nailed very early, and then maybe they still win the game because they score so many runs. Yeah, um, I guess I just feel anecdotally, just just watching, you know, year after year, I just feel like I see good Porcello more than I see bad Porcello. But I don't know if that's. I true. mean, he can pitch against the Yankees. We know that. David Price oh, can't do that. What about Evaldi? That's like Evaldi's specialty. That's true. They both, that they both can. So they both can. Well, they're yeah, both I, good. I mean, I wonder... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is... I think this is really close. Do you think that Porcello, when he's up after next year, do you think that he gets a similar deal, or do you think he's going to get more money on the open market? I have no or idea. Less. I have no idea what's going to happen this year. I think less. Or... You think less? Or maybe the same amount of money for fewer years, but it wouldn't be from the start. I think he would get a pretty similar deal, but I mean, it's this year obviously means a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, huge. Like, what if. Right. If he puts up another. Yeah, if it's 2016 again, he's going to blow this deal out of water. But if it's 2015 again, he's going to get less. So I don't know. I think that the. And I think that the most likely. I feel like last year was actually like the most representative. So yeah, that was like right in the middle of everything. So right. I think he might get more before. just because of durability. I don't think he'll have any of the questions. And I think you guys are right on with the fact that Eovaldi has massive upside, but Porcello is just as rock solid as it gets. See, I don't agree with that either. Like he's, you're getting a lot of starts, but other than that, I don't think I never know what I'm getting out of Rick Porcello when he's taking the mound. But I know he's probably going to give up like two home runs, but I don't know if they're going to be solo home runs or. But like I mean, he's... look, I, I think that there's different ways to define rock solid, and that's just a semantic because, as you said, Matt, he's going to pitch. Like, the guy is going to come out there. I'm just not sure innings have... are as valuable as they used to be. I think the exact opposite is true. I agree with Brian. I think this day and age, innings are more valuable than ever before. I think if you're really good, innings are valuable. If you're Rick Porcello, I think they're good to have, but I don't know if they're like this asset you can't lose. The cool thing would be if they could like, if and it, and who's to say they're not doing this? But like, if you move to more fluid pitching situations, at least I mean with Porcello, especially this is just anecdotal. Like you know when that guy has it, it it's not subtle. Um, maybe the whole operation moves to something where if a guy doesn't have it, he's out before that ERA gets pumped up. Um, and you have a six-inning guy ready to go. Uh, short of that happening, we're going to have to ride out the bad Porcello start, which happened. 
But I don't preclude that happening. And the only reason I don't is that the opener idea wasn't even in existence at this time last year. And now it's prevalent. So things can change. If if Porcello was to figure out how to limit home runs a little bit better, he would be almost the perfect pitcher. If you look oh, at what be he's amazing, done but over I mean, that's the a, last three that's a huge years, if, though. though. Sure, it's but, a big gift. But, but everyone like, gives up home runs. The guy strikes out, you know, about eight, eight and a half uh, guys per nine, doesn't walk anyone, has a super solid K-minus walk rate, gets ground balls, which he's started to do again this past year. Limits the hair. Contact. I mean, he's yeah, he has I mean, amazing like, hair. That's like me saying if Evaldi throws 190 innings, it would be awesome. I mean, it's just... Porcello gives up home runs, and it's, it's fine. Very it's very right. It's very correct. He's, he's generally, like I said, like he's fine. He's usually like an averagest pitcher, which is fine. But, I mean, you can't just say if he doesn't give up home runs because he, he just does. That's his style of pitching. But isn't he inherently not average? Like, if you look at what he's done over the last three seasons, let's see, even say four seasons, he's been above average. He's been better than your league average pitcher for sure. By what? By... War by ERA. It depends what war. I mean, I look. I use Baseball Prospectus for pitching, mm-hmm. and his WAR with the Red Sox is one, five point one, one point seven, two point eight. I mean, that comes out around average. If you say average is about two wins, actually, I can figure out exactly what it is right now. Find the typing. Well, either way, uh, what was Eovaldi's? last year for the Red Sox on on baseball prospectus because I want to use the same metric with those guys. Uh, for the Red Sox? Yeah. Let's see. I mean, it was 54 innings and 1.3 wins. Okay. So that's pretty solid for hey, hey, And I want to be clear. I don't think Evaldi is going to be what he was with the Red Sox. Because Evaldi gives up home runs too. He didn't with the Red Sox, but he did with the Rays. And he eh, actually he's been kind of in the middle of his career. He throws it too hard um, and with, like, if he had more movement on his pitches, uh, you know, he'd be Matt Scherzer. Um, so he's going to give up home runs simply by virtue of the issue with Evaldi, as hard as he does and as straight as he does occasionally. The issue with Evaldi, just looking at his numbers, is, like, his numbers from before this year are from so long ago that it's, like, it was, like, a different game in 2015 2014 like the home runs just weren't there like they are now so i have no idea how to look at his old numbers also he didn't have that filthy cutter either yeah he's a totally different pitcher so i don't know i i'm not even saying like to get back to the original question i'm definitely not saying i would in a heartbeat take avaldi over porcello i don't think i would take either of them in a heartbeat i just think it's really close either way it's a great thought experiment it is i didn't hear i didn't see him ask that question I would actually love to see both of these. Well, I know obviously we already have Uvalde locked up, but I would like to see them re-sign Porcello as well. I don't think it's going to happen. No? No, I think I mean, I, I think, think Porcello is just going to go where the money takes him. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I don't think the Red Sox are going to make him a priority just because they have so many other guys that they got to worry about. Yeah, He's from SoCal, right? He's from SoCal? Uh, Porcello on the Dodgers, just throwing innings. I can see that. Or the Padres. I was Padres, Padres. Padres. No, he's from New Jersey. Yeah, he is, oh. he's a Jersey so he's boy. He's from Jersey. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, pinstripes. Maybe he'll be on the Phillies. I was confusing Jersey with Orange County trash. Right. <laughs> Sorry, nobody, everybody. Sorry. I hope nobody listening is from Jersey or Orange County. Probably not. All right, so the winter meetings start on Monday. Uh, the Red Sox expect to be active in the reliever market. Uh, one note on that, John Heyman is reporting that the Red Sox have lots of interest in Adam Ottavino as well as David Robertson. Um, those are two names I really like. What do you guys think about those two dudes as primary targets for the Red Sox? The weird thing is from my house right here, I can see this thing. It's growing, and it's your Ottavino boner. And it is, <laughs> it is I am in New York. And you're in Boston, and I can see it, which congrats to your wife, but my God. <laughs> yeah. You really want Adam Ottavino. I really, you really do. want him. It would be the perfect offseason if, because two of the things I really wanted to happen, Pierce and Evaldi signing, and then if Ottavino signs, I'll be a happy man. Other of Robertson, but I mean, I do like Ottavino. Either one would be, I mean, they're both very good. I thought they've decided two guys, but I kind of want Soria to be the second guy the more I look at it. Why don't they just sign both of these guys, Ottavino and Robertson? I kind of feel – I mean, I definitely wouldn't complain, but uh, I feel like they're going to get somebody, one of Kimbrell, Robertson, or Ottavino, and then kind of get another guy who's a little bit lower tiered. That's just total guess, and I think that's kind of what I would do, so that's why I'm guessing that. So I have some interesting – I've been doing some deep diving on Ottavino, which is going to make Brian really? very happy. You have? I have. I have. So I have some I things to report. Believe. So let's, listen to my my, uh, my sleuthing that I've been doing. So last year um, he had his lowest Z contact rate of his career basically because he had better command of both of his fastball and his slider. That's my favorite stat, by the way, for pitchers. Z contact? Yeah, I yeah. think – that's nothing says more about somebody's stuff than if they're making guys miss in the zone. Yeah, so he was doing that at a better rate than he's ever done in his life. And I don't know if either of you guys read this article, but there was an article basically in the middle of the year talking about Ottavino's transformation. And he rented out a space. Uh, it was an old department store. And apparently his father-in-law is like a real estate mogul or something like that. And there was an empty store in the middle of New York City. And he, like, blacked out all the windows and rented out this space and turned it into a pitching lab and basically bought all of these, like, high-tech cameras that teams use and analyzed his own spin rate and basically learned how to throw uh, his fastball and slider better as well as a cutter that he didn't have before. And so he transformed himself completely um, and basically added more horizontal movement to his slider, had better command, um, and most importantly, I think, uh, before this year, he had a 274 uh, batting average against against lefties. So that was the big knock on him, which was he can't, couldn't get lefties out. But last year, that batting average against was 179 versus lefties. So uh, Yeah, but what was that sample? Well, I mean, it was a full year sample size. You know, that's still well, a huge drop. Yeah. Is it better or worse than Joe Kelly? Because that's really the question, um, or a question. Because if Joe Kelly doesn't come back, who's pitching the left? Outside of my dude, Bobby Pointer. 
their dream would be Tyler Thornburg. Not that I would ever count on it, but that would be like because he's that's his, that was his thing too. Is he was great against lefties, but he also hasn't been good in like three years. Yeah, I just thought it was very interesting that he is basically the best version of himself at 33 and heading into this offseason. He's also kind of a monster. I didn't realize how big he was. He's 6'5", yeah, 220. You're talking about Adovino? Yeah. And these numbers he put up were on the Rockies. Right. I don't know if you know this. Rockies pitchers tend to get lit up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, There's being... something that's scares me about Ottavino. What is it? I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like... Too many vowels. I feel like I might be just pushing against you, and now I'm just kind of getting sucked into it. <laughs> you've you've committed to this gambit of... Uh, I, I honestly I honestly think me? that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the arm issues in the past, his walk issues... I'd, just, I'd rather just get Kimbrough, to be honest with you. But, oh, come on, man. He's got better stuff right now. At least he no. can locate it better. I, don't, I just I feel like we've got so far in the other direction on Kimbrough. Like Kimbrough's still one of the best relievers of baseball, without you, a question. You do realize that every single beat writer for the Red Sox is talking about Kimbrough like he's already packed up and moved. Yeah, that's fine. Like it doesn't. That's that's fine. I, that doesn't mean that I can't want him back. Sure, but there's just no realistic way that this team is going to pay him what I he still wants. Don't, I still don't buy it. But I don't even think they're a player. Maybe. I mean, I... They crush a lot. <laughs> I think he's going to be really good next year. I think you talk a couple of years down the road, that's definitely a bigger question, but I think he's going to come back like a monster next year. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, Ottavino's good. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't complain if they got him. His stuff is unbelievable. But uh, I guess between Ottavino and Robertson, I'd go Robertson, but it's not anything too significant. When Kimbrell is stupid... He's well, nobody's better than him when he's at his best. Agreed. He owns the two single best reliever seasons ever. Arguably. Yeah, probably. I don't. Maybe Rivera had a better one in there. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he's at least up there. Yeah. Well, based on some research I was doing for an article, it seemed like he he pretty much had a top two top ten seasons uh, of all time in 2012 and 2017. So he was right up there with basically the best guys. And he was significantly better in those two seasons than Edwin Diaz was last year. And Edwin Diaz had a top 10 season of all time for a reliever last year. So that's that's pretty special. Yeah, he's Kimbrough's a Hall of Famer. I've made my – I'm now the Craig Kimbrough defender, and I'm not sure I'm ready for that role, but it's here. Yeah, it's it's been here for a little while now. Um, all right, so aside from relievers, uh, we probably expect them to be shopping one or more of their catchers. I don't. You don't. Not right now. Okay. I mean, they. I think they'll probably put out some feelers and see if anybody like wants to go nuts for like Swihart or something. But I think they would. I think the smarter play would be to just hold on to them at least like halfway through spring training and just make sure nobody gets hurt or anything or comes with the camp weirdly out of shape or something like that. Um, Cause it's hard to find a third catcher. So I guess you kind of just want to make sure that you are comfortable with two guys before you get rid of the other one. Yeah. Especially when you have to do things like signing one Centeno. Yeah. Know, for, for minor league depth, you have nothing in the minor Damn, Butler's gone. Right. Uh, 
do you guys expect anything unexpected at these winter meetings, or is it just simply going to be trying to find relievers? Can you really expect something unexpected? No, no unknowns. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I mean, it's Dombrowski, so you, anything can he happen. Did, Dombrowski does what you think he's Yeah, that's yeah. fair. He actually does go after the big targets, but no. I mean, I said last time that they should go after Syndergaard, and I feel like if he was made available, Dombrowski would at least like make a call about it, but I don't think he's going to be available. So, no, the Red Sox are probably going to take it easy, just wait out the reliever market and see what happens there. Do you guys expect any one team to go crazy at the uh, winter meetings? I kind of Phillies, think Phillies, if any, but Phillies or yeah, Dodgers. Phillies are the obvious choice. Um, the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers can always do it, so it almost doesn't seem crazy when they do it. But uh, the Phillies, the any Phillies. any big Diamondbacks names sign? You think? But like, why would they have traded Goldschmidt? Well, I think they're going the other direction. I think they would go in the other direction. They would just trade everybody. There's already a rumor of David Peralta uh, to the Braves. Like AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock could sign. Oh, is he a free agent? Yeah, Yeah, he's free agent. That's Uh, part of the reason they're stripping down. Yeah, that that makes sense. What about Zach Granke? Yeah, in Vegas. If they could trade him, I feel like I feel like Granky is the type of guy who would have a no trade clause and be like, I'm not. It's limited. The Red Sox are on it. There's like 10, 15 teams. Yeah, it's it. I want to say it was like 20 teams almost. It was like more than half the league. Yeah. So it, it was substantial. But I mean, that's not yeah, the same man, and I feel somewhere. like he was like, I will live in Scottsdale. Well, most of the time they put those limited no trade clauses. It's always the big market teams because then they'll. They'll talk to the team and say, I'll waive this no trade clause if, if you like make an option guaranteed or extend my contract a little bit. That's usually why they do it. Right. Not that the Red Sox aren't trade for Granky anyways, but No. Uh, anyways, Harper play. I think is gonna sign this week. Really? Because it's in Vegas. He's gotta sign in Vegas. He's a Vegas guy. I like that. Where do you, you think Phillies? I guess Seems just White me, Sox like, are like sneaking around in there though. The White Sox? Yeah, they're in. No, uh, never, 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 never gonna happen. I not, know. not in a million years. Be, I don't know. Like the Padres jumped in on Hosmer. I, I know that's a different thing. Hosmer but, is not Bryce Harper. No, but I think the White Sox are in that spot where it's like they want to go into their rebuild. I don't think it's no. gonna happen either. Their biggest free agent ever no. is Jose Abreu. I spent just... so much time at that baseball stadium, and I can tell you, Bryce Harper is seeing that baseball stadium. He's not playing. See, Bryce Harper, I feel like, is just going whoever gives him the most money. I don't believe that. I believe that that's true only as a function of market size. Chicago's but, a free market. Yes, but I feel like the Cubs will give him more. There's, I don't think Seattle's there's any way he goes game. anywhere. Also, the, South, so the Cubs are the Chicago team. The White Sox are not. They're a Chicago. Yeah, that's true. I guess I don't really know Chicago very well. I've never been. That's right. I didn't go to college there for nothing. I'm done. I know a lot about Amherst. I'm the one hockey team in the country for another day. Oh, really? Oh, I haven't heard that on your Twitter, Matt. 
I'm so excited, man. This is like the greatest thing. I'm I'm considering the Frozen Four. Where is it Buffalo. this year? It's in Buffalo. Of course, okay. they're good the year. It's in fucking Buffalo, so I don't know if I'm gonna go. Well, it, it could be in Minnesota. Could be in Minnesota. That would be much at least work. Minnesota. I could like travel. Oh, you can make a week. You could make a trip. Yeah, Buffalo is like close enough where it's not that much travel, but it's also miserable. It's not exotic, and it's and as long as it can get without being exotic. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There's one Anyways. hotel in Buffalo that you need to go to apparently that's right near the airport. So I'll, I'll give you the details when you, uh, this when you is decide true. to make the trip. We were driving to uh, Chicago because that's where my mom's family is from Christmas one year. And we stayed at a hotel in Buffalo. It, it, I think it was near the airport. I don't know. Um, and it was the day before a football game. And the Bills were staying there that night. And I saw Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, Joe Kelly, all those dudes. Joe Kelly. Um, it was awesome. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, that's right. Yeah. Joe, Joe <laughs> Kelly, I've only uh, seen in the guy in our baseball league who looks just like him and on television. Uh, shall we get to some listener questions? No, I want to talk more about my past. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Go for the listener question. All right, so we have three questions on Raphael Devers, which we'll kind of take all at the same time here. Uh, first one from Vance Mack, and he says, can you discuss why Devers is not Middlebrooks 2.0? Actually, quite a few parallels in their first two years, but lots of reasons to be more optimistic with Raphael. Uh, Matt, you want to take this? Um, age is a big one. I'm trying to – Middlebrooks was 23 – when he debuted, how old is how old is Devers? Twenty. Twenty. Oh no, he was twenty-one last year. Still, that's two years younger. He was twenty when he debuted, season. right? Yeah, twenty when he debuted, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a huge difference. And Middlebrooks was never the prospect that Devers was. Like Middlebrooks was the number one prospect in the system, so we remember him as higher than he was. But he topped out. He made lists one year, and he was right in the middle of the top one hundred, right at the start of the back half. Uh, Devers topped out as a top 15, top 20 guy. So, yeah, and I, I mean, think... obviously he could go that way. You don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, there's plenty of reason to be more optimistic about him. Bat speed. That's like the biggest thing that stands out to me. Like Middlebrooks just, just a Canadian accent for saying. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Uh, Middlebrooks was like a, your trick, your sort of traditional quad A bad ball hit. Yeah, he had a super long swing. It was almost loopy. Devers can hit good balls. As yeah, a I mean he turned on Chapman. I yeah, mean, Devers. Um, it. I mean, just watching, like looking at the stats, you can say. You can say, oh, it's only two years. I feel like that's a huge difference. But also, comes down to watching. And when you watch Middlebrooks, there's this. It was always uh, the idea that like. You're doing as much as you can right now. But with Devers, he uh, that that boy can hit, and uh, he's going to be around for a long time. So he's better, but he's just not married to Jimmy Bell. So you know that's the that's the main difference. Yeah, Middlebrooks came up in 2012 too, right? Uh, so he was doing start. I'm pretty sure he came up in the Bobby V year. So that was never going to work. No, everything from that year was poison. 
except for Andrew Miller. That's true. Uh, next one on Devers uh, from Kamish says, if Devers continues to struggle in the field, would they ever trade him and go all in as we expect them to? We mentioned trading him last week, but the only name we mentioned trading him for was Syndergaard, or two weeks ago, I should say. Do you, I mean, it would be a huge name if they ever were to trade Devers. It's a short list. It's a short list, but Syndergaard would do it. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's definitely guys on the list, but... uh. Kluber, maybe? I don't know about Kluber. I think you need, like, a guy who's still, like, pre-free agency, especially for a pitcher. I don't think Kluber's got a very expensive contract, though. Yeah, but he's older. He's 32. Yeah. I don't think they trade Devers for a 32-year-old. I'm trying to look up his contract, because I thought it was kind of expensive. It's uh, seven, yeah, Bregman, obviously. Yes. Yeah, Clovis' contract isn't too. It's seventeen, seventeen and a half, eighteen. But That's the, last the evolving two years money. Are, yeah, and the last two years are options too. That's not as fast as I thought it was. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't think they would do. I don't think they would do it ever. I said this the last time, but Dombrowski is obsessed with Devers. So I think I would be very surprised if they ever traded him. Next one here comes from Devers Defender. He says, where do you guys think they'll put Devers in the lineup? I'm thinking he puts up big kid numbers next year. Uh, that's an interesting question. Is he like 6th or 7th in the lineup next year? How far down is he? 5 to 7. Yeah, I think he's probably 6, 7, depending on – I mean, it really depends on what they think of Pedroia, I guess. Right. So I think the catcher and uh, Bradley are probably going to get the last two spots. And then we know the top four first baseman's probably going to get the fifth spot, so then it's six or seven between Pedroia and Devers. Do you think Bradley at nine is – or eight and nine is just like, that's it? That's yeah, happens. it's super weird. I think that's just how it is now. Like, I used to fight against it and say, oh, no, he can hit anywhere and, like, fight against the numbers being better there but at this point just do whatever works like you know it's going to be streaky or whatever but just hide that in the bottom and then when he's going nuts at least he's in front of Mookie and all them I like him at nine I like Bradley at nine the only issue is like if anytime like the game ends on the eight spot with like Sandy Leon waving at a pitch and Bradley in the on deck circle it's kind of infuriating but you know how they can prevent that not using Sandy Leon. Yeah. Sign yes, money Grandal. It's not gonna happen. Gordon Comstock has our next question. He says, "What kind of career would Kopech and Moncada have to have uh, to make uh, to make you regret the sale trade?" Ugh. What? Um. Would he kidnap my children? <laughs> because then maybe a, then maybe that no. Maybe Hall Chris of Fame careers, but I wouldn't regret it. Do you remember when Chris Sale went out to pitch the last inning of the World Series and the bullpen stood up and applauded? Like, what would you trade that for? Almost nothing. Yeah, I, I don't see any. And that's on top regret. of everything he does. No, no. Yeah, they got a World Series, so I don't think I would regret it no matter what kind of Not these only guys that, have. I want them to be good. I like them. Like, if they can just have brain farts against us, that's fine. But um, 
I would like Moncada to be a more well-rounded player. I like Kopech to just be healthy, just to watch the dude pitch. I like baseball. Yeah, um, I'm excited to watch a healthy Kopech. I hope that he recovers, but I have zero faith in Moncada. I actually don't think he's ever going to be a great baseball player. I'm still a Moncada believer. I don't I'm going to be until I die. I don't think he's going to be great. My whole thing, my thing the whole time is that he is just another Adam Jones, which I don't think is not damning with fate praise. Like some people just become good baseball players and that's fine. That's a freak. He's a physical freak, but he's a passive freak at the plate too. He doesn't swing at anything. That's his problem. He actually wasn't as bad as I thought he was last year. 97 WRC plus two wins on Fangraphs. Jake, I understand what you're doing here. I just understood that. Because hmm? he, he swings at everything. No, he actually really doesn't. But he strikes out all the time. He strikes out a lot, he gets but he behind actually doesn't swing at enough pitches. He's actually too passive. Uh, well, that sounds like a fixable problem to me. It could be. Yeah, but you know what? I think he's going to be a stud. Thing. He's still only, what, 23? Yeah, 23. 23. He's 24 next year. I mean, I've, I've been on Makata. I can't stop now. Mm, I don't believe Ben Jacobson has the next question. He says, who do you think the Red Sox should sign to bolster the bullpen and for how much? Uh, and we'll skip the second part because he was asking about Evaldi. Um, what do you guys think? Are we? Uh, do we have any outside-the-box predictions for relievers? I don't know if it's outside the box, but uh, I'm probably going to write about him this week. I don't think I've mentioned him yet. Uh, Sergio Romo is the guy I've always liked, and I think he could be pretty cheap. He would be kind of, I said before, I want them to sign like a top-tier guy and a second-tier guy. He would be the second-tier guy. Brian, you got anybody? I, I was listening. I was like, God, Matt, keep talking. Just keep Sorry. talking about relievers. Um, I like Sergio Roma. That would be a – that would be one of – like uh, to me, when we got Eduardo Nunez and people were like, oh, he's fine. Um, not that he was great last year, but the year we – did get Eduardo Nunez. Um, he is similar. He's like a he's a good clubhouse guy, like Nunez too. Yeah, and yeah, like, and brings something to the table. He's very, well, yeah, he's very good. He's the guy who got uh, the Tampa relievers to kind of buy into the opener stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say role. he's like the guy. He is the like the the patient zero of that. Yeah. Um, that would be a. That's a good guy, but I think that it will flow downhill from even if not like in who they get flows downhill from the top person. I think that they will. The first thing that's going to happen is they're going to sign a good reliever. No offense, Sergio Romo. Um, and then they will sign up other ones. See, I kind of think they're only going to sign one guy. I just want them to sign two. But. I feel like they're more comfortable than with the with what they have than they probably should be. But sounds good for my boy. Well, why don't they just sign Ottavino and then bring up Durbin Feltman right away? I don't think Feltman's. I wouldn't count on that. So I gotta say, I was listening to uh, the Sox prospects uh, podcast and they uh, talked about Feltman like he had potential closer stuff and that that stuff they think could play 
right now at the major league level? I'm not worried about his stuff at all. I'm worried about him just kind of getting another month or two adjusting to being a pro and like not having him come up with all this World Series celebration, cold weather right at the start of the major league season. I wouldn't want to do that to him right away. So why why sign a guy then? Why not just put in like a, a body, like one of the bodies that you have, one of the very many bullpen bodies and just pitch because that guy? Because he could sign guy. somebody better. Right, but if you're planning on bringing him up, you know, two months into the season, just do that. Sure, but then you could have all of them. What do you mean? You couldn't have Feltman if the guy that you signed was taking his roster spot. I mean, you can have, you can get rid of like Hembry or Thornburg. There's other roster spots. There's, you can carry seven relievers, so get as many good ones as you can and then figure it out later. That's okay. the way to build a bullpen. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, I've always assumed that Feltman's going to be up and Lakins at some point, too, although Lakins, I think, is getting a little overrated. But You know what happens when you assume, Matt? Sometimes you're, you're usually – hold on. You're usually right. That, that, that's that's my take on it okay. because I, I find the thing to be wrong because when you assume, you're, you're, most of the time you're right. So our next question comes from Jake, and he uh, asks us to uh, rank the likelihood of signing with the Sox and level of interest in the following relievers. Kimbrell, Kelly, Britton, Soria, Miller, Ottavino, Robertson, and Herrera. To rank all these? To rank all of them in terms of likelihood of signing and interest in signing with the Sox. I think likelihood is probably kind of difficult for us to do, but maybe – we could do these guys in what order we would take them in. It's almost – well, not take them in, but in the order of likelihood, it almost seems reversed. I mean, not that Herrera is the most uh, – I think Herrera is pretty damn likely. Yeah. Yeah, so like it seems like the guys that, were, that you said at the end of the list were the guys that we're really looking at. Yeah, I would probably put Britain as least likely, followed by yeah. Miller, followed by – Kimbrell, followed by Kelly, then Soria, then Robertson, then Herrera, and I would say Ottavino most likely. And that would well, be. Oh, I think order. you're. I think I Kelly think is way further is. down. Way further down than I had him. So that was my reverse order. Yeah, this is so confusing. I don't know what's going on. Who, so, so. Why don't we just do this? Who are your top three most likely from this group? Most likely they sign. Most likely, or and your top three most interested. All right. Well, most likely I would go Robertson, Kimbrel Herrera. My interest. Uh, Kimbrel Robertson Ottavino. I guess these guys are all pretty close. Herrera and Soria, I think, is pretty close to them. Herrera's not too too far behind. I like Soria. He's underrated. Yeah, I love Soria. Brian, how about you? Who's your top three? I'm I'm operating under the assumption that Kimball's not. Um, not that that's right, but I feel like if we got to this point, um, I'm just not confident because what Matt sees correctly, I think, in Kimball, 
some team will see in him that is not the Red Sox. We'll pay for it. Maybe they're in Atlanta. Maybe they're in a different city. Um, but I like Herrera. I like Adovino. Um, and like then Robertson or Soria. I feel like those are just, I feel like those four, you could rotate between the three of them for me. And those would be my choices. Yeah, for me, I would go Ottavino, number one, Robertson, two. Really? And shocked by that. Soria, three. He's a big, he's a big fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Uh, where would you have? All right, where would you putting money aside? Where would you have Kimber on the list? I'm just curious. Uh, money aside, I'd probably have him after Ottavino and Robertson. Crazy pants after Robertson. Yeah. I can see Ottavino because he's a psycho. That is absurd to have him after <laughs> Robertson. I am so mad right now. <laughs> oh my god. All right, I got no patience. Go to for his Target. Yes, Sunday night though. Do you know what Adam Ottavino walked two years ago? For nine years. He's a different pitcher now. So do you know what Kimbrough. he walked last year? Yes, the exact I do, same actually. as Kimbrough. The exact same for nine innings as Kimbrough. Whatever, Maybe one tenth of a batter less. I still like him better. Noel Porter has our next question. He says, assuming so, DD gets two more relievers, who do you want him to get and who do you think he gets? Uh, we can't answer that. We just did. Um, next next one says, Hector postseason mode. Uh, that's who asked the question. He says, which free agent reliever can Boston sign to close games? And then Stephen Nichols just commented, Adam Ottavino. So we'll go with that. Uh, Craig McCormick has our next one. He says, where does Kimbrell end up and how how much and how long? Who replaces him if he leaves? And could the Sox trade Porcello before he leaves as a free agent in 2019? They're not going to trade Porcello. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't think they trade him either. So we'll disregard that part. We, we can easily, we can, like, as analysts, analysts, as estimates uh, from like us to say, um, we can uh, poo-poo innings pitched or at least downplay them when we're talking relatively about the best pitchers in baseball. But to a team that is, actually needs to go out there and play the games, that is huge. And just the mere upside. I feel like to them, the mere upside of Porcelain uh Pays for everything, given that he always goes out. Um, so, I feel like there's zero chance they trade him. Well, also, also they're not going to get anything unless Bobby D comes back to manage and kills the team <laughs> in six weeks. Well, not getting anything for Porcello that would help in 2019 more than Porcello would, and you don't, you're not trading for the future right now. That would just be dumb. Should we pick a home for uh, Kimbrel? Mm, yeah, I mean, probably should since it was the question, right? Yeah. I'll just go Atlanta. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to say the Angels. I'm going to go Philly. You think Philly is just going to go ham? I think Philly's going to go insane. You think they're going to go Machado, Harper, uh, Kimbrell? Oh, that would be bananas. I think so. I could see them getting two of those three. I don't think they would get all three. I think they're going to do it. They're going to go absolutely ham. You think they're going to at least get two of those three? 
I think they're going to get. Think they're going to. I think they could. I think they're going to get Machado for sure, and I'm kind of thinking that the Dodgers are the front runners for Harper, but I could see it. I just, to me, Bryce Harper. It's like if you get your chance to make your name, or not make your name. Obviously, he's made it. Get your chance to go anywhere. And all these teams are throwing money. I just see the Cubs. I just see them. I don't think the Cubs are going to throw money. Yeah, I, I see. I understand that. It's just, it's just what I see. All right, next one comes from Tim Hurd. He says, will Swihart get on the field next season and or does he still have much trade chip value? Uh, I don't think Swihart has much of any trade value at this point, no. which is why he hasn't been traded um, and I think that something's got to give, so we're just going to have to see how that, you know, catcher situation plays out. As he's the playing gets. somewhere next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where it's going to be, but might he's going to be slots. one of two catchers on one roster. Yeah. Ward has our next question. He says, "What's the highest the Sox should go to retain Joe Cy Kelly if Kimber leaves? Uh, what do they do if both Kelly and Kimber leave?" So we we talked about the second part already, but how high would you go on Kelly? You know, the more we talk about it, the less I think Joe Kelly is coming back. I'd be shocked. I'd give him like one eight. You would give and him one year. Gonna give, and someone's going to give one year. Oh, no. somebody's definitely giving more than one. I wouldn't yeah. give him more than one year. Uh, I wouldn't mind a two-year deal if it was less money than that, but I I wouldn't want to pay him eight. So, I just I don't think that they have enough interest to pay him that much money. I mean, I just, I frankly don't really think he's that good. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Dave Dombrowski thinks he's that good either. Uh, Uno Cinco asks, do we really have a ch- not have a chance at Bryce? First base is calling him. Brian, this one's tailor-made for you. Not that we don't have a chance, that we don't care. Yeah. Obviously, the Red Sox have a chance if they want to be in on someone. Um, I mean, they have the money, right? They have infinity money. Always have the money. Yeah. Right. They, uh, but they just signed Steve Fear, so first base isn't calling anyone. Yeah. How many World, World Series MVPs? MVPs? <laughs> very, very good. Yes. How many World Series MVPs does Bryce Harper have? Zero. Corey. How many first round wins does he have? <laughs> oh, man. You had to go there, huh? <laughs> Corey Honeycutt asks uh, Any chance they extend Mookie this year? Yeah, he's been pretty oh. adamant about not. Taking an extension, right? I don't... I mean, he has to this point, but... I think a big part of it was that he wanted to get that first arbitration uh, number because that sets the tone for the rest of your arbitration and can set the tone for a contract extension. So I wouldn't expect it. I'd put it at something like 30% or something. But, I mean, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think he's averse to an extension as it's kind of made out to be. Okay. I mean, I'd love to see him get it done. That'd be huge. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Kevin Bolton has the next question. He says, Mike Napoli, Hall of Famer, Red Sox Hall of Famer, or Hall of Very Gooder? Uh, Not even Hall of Very Gooder. I love Mike Napoli, but come on. Yeah, that's uh, kind of He's a drinking Hall of Famer. Yeah. See uh, Jeff Mathis' tweet this morning? Or maybe it was last night, but I saw it this morning. 
talking about how he was his roommate his first day of camp in uh, Napoli. Walked into his apartment, no shirt and no shoes, an inflatable raft and an open handle of Captain Morgan's. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He's he's definitely a hall of uh, fame partier for sure. Shirtless See, I don't know what uh, I don't know anything about the Red Sox Hall of Fame. So I feel like some team Hall of Fames, like if you're like the a Red Sox Hall problem. of Fame for a long time was harder to get into than the Baseball Hall of Fame because you had to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame to get into the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Is that true? I thought that was just retired it's numbers. Not, I no, no, no. It, it's not true anymore, but it was true. I never knew that. Um, well, never mind. Yeah. So it's, it's no longer true. Um, but uh, and you also previously had to only play for the Red I think we um, should make another category here, though. There, there should be like a hall of guys who will always and perpetually – Return to the booth for interviews whenever they're the around. Steve Pierce did, like even Dave Roberts, even though he's been the manager of the Dodgers for how many years now? Like Dave Roberts is on another level than everybody else, pretty much. Steve Pierce is Steve Pierce two thousand four. Yeah, it's no one's no one's ever gonna equal the the Dave. I Roberts understand, level. but Steve Pierce did a lot more than Dave Roberts did. Oh, so totally. I don't disagree. I just like in terms of like folklore, the Dave Roberts story is going to live on for longer. Yeah, I mean, if you if you wrote it fictionally, that's what you would write. Yeah, that the 04 is better than fiction. Uh, Matt Nitson or Kitson, sorry, has our next question. He says, what's a surprise signing or trade you could envision Boston doing? Can I just say Syndergaard again? Yeah. I don't really know. I don't think they're going to do it. Manny Machado, baby! Yeah, Could you no. imagine? And then trade Devers for uh, Syndergaard? No, then you trade then you trade Xander. And then, like, all hell breaks loose. Oh, my God. Jay could die. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. Um, I... you guys think Zan- do you think Xander is uh, going to resign here? Yes. Because I'm not confident. I lean towards yes. I'm highly confident. I'm in the middle, but I'm more confident. I just if he has another good season, I just can't see the rest. Sure. I mean, he's very good at baseball. Yeah, I, yeah, I would expect him. So I'm just gonna keep pushing the narrative of how confident I am, and by the end of the season, Matt is gonna be completely on the opposite side. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Uh, Ayush has our next question. He says, "Most underrated player for next season on the Red Sox." I mean, we don't know everybody who's gonna be there, but. Uh, I think the guy we talked about at the beginning of the listener questions, Rafael Devers at this point, is going to be underrated because I I think so many people have been criticizing uh, both what he did with the bat last year and his defense that uh, he's going to have a good year and people are going to be a little surprised by that, and they shouldn't be. No, I got got one for you. Ready? Dustin Pedroja. Ooh, I like that. I would. I bet. You know, I think you might be right. I think people are so ready to cast him off that they're gonna look for anything to complain about. That's what no, I feel like people think, and I don't think they're unjust. I think casual fans might think justifiably that he's done, but if he plays, I think he'll. 
you'll be like, oh shit. Not only is this guy good, like he's like ass slapping good. You can't miss it. I think you guys know who I'm going to say. Um, Matt Barnes. I love Matt Barnes. He's always underrated. Yeah. He's the Red Sox team. already have an elite reliever. They just need to add a one or two more. Red Sox on breath has our next question. He says, dream bullpen. Thornburg, Hembry, Brewer, Pointer, Feltman, Barnes. Who says no? Uh, Literally I, everyone? I say no, for sure. Yeah, you need one bigger name. Now, look, First he, of all, he loves Pointer more than I do. He really does. Um, but you need a well, – also, was Brazier even in there? Yeah, Brazier wasn't in there. Brazier, I don't know who Brewer is. Who's Brewer? Brewer's the guy they got uh, from oh, the Oh, Colton. Spirit. Colton, yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, this is a real hodgepodge he put together here. Yeah, yeah. This is I don't like, like it at B all. team. Thanks. Maybe something got lost in translation. He's French. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, Kamish has another question. He says, do we feel comfortable with Petroy being healthy in 2019? If so, is he leading off? I think he's not going to be that healthy, and I think he'll lead off the first game and then not again. Yeah, that's the plan. I'm marginally confident, but not, like, super confident. Last question comes from Smokey Reigns, and he says, who is or should be playing second base? Noontime, PD, Marhan, I don't know who that is, or someone else? Marhan. Oh, is that Marco Hernandez? Oh. That is, that is not going to work. It's a nickname for Marco Hernandez. <laughs> also, there's no reason to think about Marco Hernandez. Yeah, that shoulder is still <sighs> being worked on. That makes on. me sad. Apparently, he's not going to be up for a while. Uh, I mean, they're going to get him a shitload of playing time in the minor leagues, but he's missed two years now. Yeah, he's done. I loved Mike Hernandez, too. He was, like, my favorite guy on the Sea Dogs. You really can't count him as an option at this point. No, but... um, I I, I think my answer is clear. Don't count out uh, Pedroia. Yeah, I I think it's Pedroia and Holt, and I think it's super weird that he didn't have Holt there, but he had Nunez. Yeah, please no Nunez. Please no. Yeah, don't play second base. No, no. I kind of no. want it just for the tweets. You just want to be able to complain about it. I didn't really complain about it that much. Come I kinda, on. I complained, but it was like, I don't know. I enjoyed the jokes. <laughs> the jokes were always pretty funny about it, so it was worth it just for that. All right. That's a wrap. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, go on, rate and review us. You can subscribe to the show. You can do so on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow all of us on Twitter. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins. You can follow Brian at, at Brian Joyner, Brian with a Y, Joyner with an I. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Dev Jake, and you can follow the Over the Monster account at, at Over the Monster. We'll be with you every two weeks uh, until the, the uh, spring training starts. And uh, we'll be with you on call as news breaks. So thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye, Anastasia. Go, you mess. Bye.